you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Victory and J-Mac are on tap to help us navigate the show. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great to be back with you after a week of being off. Um, we took a um, vacation week <laughs> to just stay home. Yeah. Like to just be home. Our kids started back to their official school year. And I say official because that's where a lot more structure goes into education. But they are being educated yeah. all year round. <laughs> I mean, they're constantly learning. But um, yes. we wanted to make sure that they got off to the right start and that we had a system and a schedule in place. And so rather than uh, hitting the road and traveling somewhere, which is kind of what we do a, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. It was more of a vacation to just be home. It was actually a really, really, really good time. And I think they're all good to go. I think they're set. And uh, I, th- I think they're, they're doing well. So, but it's great to be back because there's, a, there's a, a, a familial feel to what we do in radio. And mm-hmm. I don't mean to sound a little bit sappy, but there is sort of a, this is family. And, and so when we're away, there is a feeling of like, ah, but, you know, but the relaxation is good. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I think you have to have those times. I think it was, and it was uh, pretty much your idea. You was like, man, we need to take this week off to be able to reset and, and get things ready uh, for our schooling and everything. And looking back on it, it was great. Oh, um, thanks. Yeah, great idea. You know, uh, I'm usually a type of person, I'm like, man, my routine is going to be messed up. You know, so <sighs> it's hard true. to get back in the swing. But, man, I mm-hmm. think that was good because Yay. we did accomplish uh, what we set out to do, so. Very good. This is this is a really uh, cool year. This is a little bit different. Um, you've worked with the younger two. We have three younger. We have the big three and the little three. Yes. Uh, historically, you've worked with the younger two, primarily focusing on catechizing them and training them in doctrine and and Bible study, scripture memorization. And uh, but this year we're doing something different. That you are doing that. As, as you've always done, mm-hmm. um, but you are also adding, I guess, what you would consider their academic curriculum to that. Yes. And that has been really neat because, you know, to see you crouched over a little table, it's kind of fun. I did. I, <laughs> yes. It's a, it's a it little more a little structured. They're, they're first grade, so it's a little more structured, just a little bit, you know, yeah. still a lot of fun. Um, but I got to tell you and, and say this, I thought this was really interesting uh, that Sam Witt, who is now six, um, for the first time, uh, was trying to teach Timmy and and said that he wanted to be a teacher when he grows up. Well, and that. I think that is directly connected to you teaching him the academic side of things as well. I think maybe he thought that just women are teachers because, you know, I'm mm. teaching here. But I think seeing you do that has opened up his world. And he was actually conducting a little a little class, a little homeschool class. <laughs> His one student, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like trying to teach a cat, 
he was trying to, <laughs> the cat just kept leaving the room and he's like, Timmy, come back, Timmy, come back. But you know, that's what you get from an almost two year old. So yeah. anyway, we're going to talk a little bit about education today, um, which I think is a, a really interesting take on the student loan forgiveness. We're going to have our brother on uh, Todd Shannon. I'm going to just keep calling him Sir Todd. So Todd <laughs> Shannon Todd. is going to be <laughs> going to be on with us and uh, we're going to get his take on the student loan uh, forgiveness. That is a conversation that I think Christians should be having. We should be asking some basic questions about um, how we process that. Not only a political question about it, not only a financial question about it, but there's also a moral question about it. Yeah. And I think we should be having that conversation. I also think whenever the government is... Um, giving anything um we should be looking more deeply into the reasons why and i think that sir todd shannon has an interesting (laughs) take one that is very provocative and worth exploration Uh, he has a really interesting take on why he thinks this is happening why don't you have the debt forgiveness of other loans that people have and, Mm -hmm. and why specifically um student loans you know for colleges and things like that. Why is that happening? Um, I think his take on this is very interesting. It is worth unpacking. And in fact, I would say um, when you couple his take with the other evidence that's available to us, (laughs) we talk about uh, what's happening in education and the indoctrination. Um, I don't think he's off the mark at all. Yeah. At all. And so so we'll get into talking a little bit about that. I don't know if did you want to comment on that before I go into this other no, story I, that I, I have? I agree. You know, I believe that Todd has a great perspective on different things like this, you know, um, and other things as well. Uh, and so it, it's going to be uh, really interesting to talk to him about uh, the the moral side of this and what's going on and what, you know, maybe we haven't thought about, you mm-hmm. know, something that I, uh, I heard someone say, uh, I forgot who it was, but they were like, well, why, instead of doing it like this, why don't they um, give money to those who, give the money back to those who have paid off their loans? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, man, Listen, look. Look, I had student <laughs> loans. I paid off my student loans. Thank you very much. I don't need the government to give me anything for that. Like, I, that's what I should have done because I borrowed the money. And, and, and I borrowed the money. And I, you and I talked about this once we got married. And you... <laughs> Anyway, fortunately, you didn't have any student loan debt. So you you kind of that was that was my dowry. That's what I brought to you. Just a little bit of student loan debt. <laughs> I had a little bit. You did you really? Mm-hmm. Did you but pay it off of, before we of, were married? A lot of it was paid off by some things my dad in his wisdom did. Okay, yeah. Because yeah. they must not have been significant. No, I seem to have it forgotten. It was not my, my dad, man, he was thinking way ahead of time. Praise okay. God his, his I wisdom. feel like my student loan debt was like a barnacle. It just something wouldn't go. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like it wouldn't go away. Like every time you got the statement, it's like, man, did y'all get my last payment? Did you did you get that? Have you credited that to my account? Um, but anyway, praise the Lord. You know, um, it is gone. I don't think I should be paid back for that. And some I, people I borrowed are, man, it. You know, giving all the like, what, you know. People but who I have borrowed paid. it. Who have paid it off? Why don't we get? Oh, good grief! Can I tell you something? I just full disclosure, guys. I I kicked myself because I just did not have the right uh, respect for money. I did not have um, a a biblical understanding of money, and there were things that I did in college that um, I just. So the very first thing that I learned, and I'll go into this other article here, but the very first thing that I learned and that I did correct 
was uh, not to get a credit card. They would set out these tables. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Man, and they'd have you come over to get a free Frisbee and just, <laughs> just get a T-shirt. The T-shirts for me. Get a koozie. <laughs> get, get a, you know, get a, a little stress ball and come over and just sign up for a credit card, which I think, I don't know if they still do that on college campuses, but I think it should be illegal to do because you've got people who, you know, excuse the expression, but are fresh out of the womb on a college <laughs> campus. They don't know what it means to have a credit card. They don't know what the interest rates are, and they don't know what those interest rates do to the money that they borrow. Hmm. So they go out to Chili's, you know what I mean? Speaking <laughs> from experience, and then, and then you... you <clears throat> Man, you go out to Chili's look. and you're like, man, Southwest egg rolls for everybody. Come on, bring out the egg rolls. Like everybody get egg rolls, you know, oh and, and then they bring you the check and you're just like, no problem. And then you, you pass them the credit card and then you end up, you know, paying back for the egg rolls for seven years. <laughs> it's crazy. And then at the seventh year, you're, you're just sort of like, now can I marry the person that I No, I'm just kidding. But you, you, <laughs> it's just oh, absolutely man. insane. But I, I did learn um, I. It, during our uh, through our ministry, they started training us on um, the use of of money and financial yeah. responsibility. It became one of our what we eventually called jumpstart classes. It wasn't initially offered, but it was one of those things that <laughs> you know we began to offer to freshmen. Man. You remember that? Oh, and, yeah, and so I we remember. had these jumpstart classes, yeah. and uh, so learned about the credit card debt. But at the same time, I think it should have even while you're on campus, it should have been expanded to include unnecessary student loans mm. because the thing that bothers me about the student loan debt that I had was that it was not necessary. Mm. Now, when I say it was not necessary, what I mean is that I had grants, right? So I, I, I could have, you know, I could have been okay not taking out student loans, but I wanted quote unquote, I wanted to be a little more comfortable and <laughs> I'll pay it back. Right. <laughs> and I'll pay it back a little bit here, a little now, bit there. But later. <laughs> oh man, I just, you know, anyway, there are some things that I think we could do to yeah. avoid um this problem. Yes. And I think one of the big ones and we'll talk a little bit about this is also the necessity of college and the necessity of going off to university and how um and Todd has some uh, some thoughts about where he thinks this ultimately is going to go when you start forgiving um student debt and then kind of like the progression and I think I'll I'll let him unpack that for our listeners cuz I think it's really interesting. Um, and again, I don't think it's black helicopter at all. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it, it could be if you didn't see them already making these kinds of moves, but it's just very important. And so we're going to have that yeah. conversation. Um, I know that we have very many listeners who probably will benefit from having some of their student loan debt canceled, but that doesn't stop us having this conversation. Right. I know that there will be some people who will have a conflict like, well, why is that not a good thing? Why shouldn't I be celebrating that? Um, or is it a good thing or should I be celebrating? Um, hasn't, you know, um, the wealth of the wicked been laid up for the just. So, so now <laughs> <it's day. laughs> we'll, we'll talk about all of that. You know, um, is it, is it, um, is it good? Is it good for us to, to borrow and to not pay back and to feel like, you know, we've inherited some sort of windfall. I think all of this points to, um, a consistent, um, just decline a move away from truth, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's sort of like we have a sliding scale of, of uh, what is morally right. And, and this, it even comes down to money. It, it really, really does. Um, so 
anyway, we'll get into talking about that. But I read this article that I'm not even sure I'm going to be able to unpack all of it in this first segment. So may just make mention of it, because one of the things that we're going to look at when we talk to Sir Todd is um, the moves that are happening in our public schools, the moves to indoctrinate children and even the way our children are educated. And we talk about this from time to time, but I think sometimes people may perceive us as uh, coming down harder on some of these issues than we need to. Uh, for example, woke education. I can remember us doing some shows a few um, months back, maybe even a year ago now, where we talked about the use of critical race theory in schools and how teachers are now being tasked with perceiving certain kids as just not being able to learn, um, just not being able to do basic math, that math becomes oppressive, that mm -hmm. to tell a kid that there is an objective answer that we should arrive at, um, that formulas are not, you know, the colonization of their minds, <laughs> right? Um, that, that these things, sometimes I think people don't realize the effects of these things yeah. on children yeah. happening in real time. And I was reading this article that uh, was posted. This was a Time Magazine article, and I read it at some point during the week last week, and I saved it thinking, you know, I really want to have somewhat of a conversation around this um, it's inside the massive effort to change the way kids are taught to read. And of course it grabbed my attention because it deals with education. And that's something that I pay a lot of attention to. Um, but I was surprised to see where it ultimately went. And in the interest of time, I'm going to give a little bit of background here and then maybe read a couple paragraphs. I may not even get into it. We'll see. I will bring it back around. Uh, but the interesting thing is something, an observation and even sort of a modern day fight that is coming out of Oakland, California, whereby you've got some individual teachers who are rising up and saying, listen, our kids can't read. They are saying the woke approach to reading has not served them well. And black kids are most adversely affected. Hmm. Time magazine, <laughs> the woke approach to reading has not served them well, whereby you say, well, the reason we have problems with these kids reading is because they've got white teachers or because their needs are not being met. And but the, the biggest problem has been the change in the way kids have been taught to read, sounding out letters, understanding the combinations of letters. OK, so not only uh, phonics, but phonemic teaching and all of these things they're saying originally in Oakland, they said that those things were oppressive to teach mm. some kids <laughs> that letters make certain sounds. Wow. And now what they are finding is that, hey, our kids can't read. All right. Aaron, the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll take a break and we'll be right back. This is Aaron, the Addison's on American Family Radio. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. We appreciate you listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And we are joined by Sir Todd Shannon, who is the host <laughs> of the podcast, Who Cares What Todd Thinks? We do, obviously. And also writes. He blogs. Um, the blog is called Todd Thinks. You can find it at toddthinks.substack.com. We'll say that again uh, as we near the end of the show. We invited Todd on because he just hates people. And he doesn't want people to get blessed. He doesn't want people to store up money. He doesn't want people to prosper even as their soul <laughs> prospers. 
And, uh, and, and so we just wanted to hear from him, Todd, why on mm. earth would you have a problem with people having their debts canceled? It's a year of Jubilee for people. Like, what is your problem? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's hilarious. First of all, I just want to say I'm super ecstatic because I always, always, I'm always on with Will. I never get Will <laughs> and Miki. I never get the full Addison experience. Well, you, you know go, what I'm saying? So, it really I'll, is a know, Jubilee I'm, year. I'm, it's Jubilee year. Yes. But to, to your point, yes, I hate people having money. That's just, no, that's not the thing. I mean, but, no, I'm just kidding. So, uh, yeah. So I talked the other day about this debt canceling thing. And I, you know, the funny thing is, is that if this was a true debt canceling, yes, this would be a jubilee situation. I'd be like, praise God, because, you know, I even talked about it as a person who went to grad school and I took out loans to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of, I honestly, in retrospect, um, you know, maybe didn't need to do that. But anyway, it's, mm-hmm. it's water under the bridge. I have something personally to gain from doing it, right? So, uh, but the, the issue is that this is an abusive language. This is not a true debt forgiveness. Right. So that's the first thing. Uh, it's just you're just transferring the obligation to a third party. Mm. And that's not something to celebrate. That's that's theft. So if the if the person I borrowed the money from or, or even the university said, hey, you know, we want to go ahead and give you that, uh, you know, that master's degree for free. Um, I'd be like, praise God. For that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. that's, yeah, let's um, let's celebrate that. But that's not what this is. And so it's deceitful. You know, it's really interesting that you point that out because in a way it kind of um, entices people toward even against their best convictions. It kind of entices towards socialism. It, it kind of you you almost sure. feel like I don't really care who has to like, you know, foot the mm-hmm. bill for this. It's not me. And we don't even know or maybe we kind of really don't want to care that that is actually true, Todd. Absolutely, yeah. This is, um, and this is actually, I'm glad you brought that up because to a broader point, a lot of the philosophies of people who who advertise this or who are who are selling this uh, this point of, you know, so-called debt cancellation and other abuses of language, that that's exactly what it is. It's a form of socialism. It's an idea that people should uh, should eat uh, the bread that they didn't toil for or they didn't mm. earn. Right, and we think that that's a fundamentally an unbiblical uh, principle where you, you shouldn't be benefiting from other people's labor unless, once again, they are giving you something of their own accord, uh, an act of benevolence, a true act of benevolence. I'm all for charity, right? Mm-hmm. I'm all for that. But this is not what this is, and most people, and it, as I as I actually talked about in um in a in a Facebook live that I did the other day, is that yeah. There are other people who, who are just as deserving, quote-unquote, of some sort of debt relief, like people who took out a construction loan, for example, mm-hmm. if you started a business and you're a blue-collar worker. You know, some of these cement trucks, I'm guessing they probably cost $200,000. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a, that's not a small loan. So why, why would they give the student uh, uh, some reprieve without considering those people, mm-hmm. right? So it just doesn't make any sense. And that's why I think there's an ulterior motive. This really isn't about debt cancellation at all. Even if it was a true debt cancellation, you have to ask the question, what's so special about going to college or more worthy of some sort of cancellation versus other forms of debt? Yeah, I think you strike gold in in asking that question, Todd. I really do. And and, and I think 
um, I think you strike gold in arriving at a conclusion. I, I, I do believe that there are some people who maybe just like uh, two years ago, maybe three years ago now, they would have said that the conclusion that you arrive at is really kind of conspiratorial, that it doesn't really have a whole lot of evidence. Um, but I think people have done more research and there have been some things that have been revealed even without doing research. It's just watching, just reading your kids curriculum, just looking in as they zoom. Um, I think people are learning that there there is a sinister motive behind making college free. But before we get to the end, I want you to kind of like um, walk us through the trajectory as you perceive it. So why, why canceling student debt? Uh, why canceling those loans and not say like medical loans or like you say, small business loans? Like why not help the black sister open her nail salon? Because that, that would be social justice, <laughs> right. right? Like, why aren't right. we doing exactly. that, Todd? Yeah. It, <laughs> it's, it's interesting, right? And so, you know, it's just like anything, right? You know, if if it if it if it's too if it sounds too good to be true, it is, right? If someone mm-hmm. comes to you, it's just like what you would teach your children. If there's some guy who you know, he could say walking home from school that I know, you know, none of us here, you know, we don't have our kids in public school, but this is this is a <laughs> another, mm-hmm. let's just assume you did, right? Mm-hmm. Walking home from school and you see some guy every day, and he's giving you candy, right? It's like, all right. That's a little suspect. He doesn't know you. The, the question would be, why is he doing that? Right? Yeah. Because you always have to ask people, you know, a lot of times people, they do something, things with ulterior motives. So when I think about this student loan debt, I'm just like, well, if you give a construction guy some reprieve on his loan, um, that's good for him. But what does the government get out of it? Or what the people, what is the people who are pushing that? What do they get out of it? Mm-hmm. And the, the, tr- the truth is, is that the schools are the most efficient way to push a certain ideology, mm. right? The, the, everybody has to go, for the most part, I mean, even people who elect out and go to private school or whatever, you're still getting vast swaths of the population going through the public school systems, mm-hmm. be that at the university level or at, at the grade school level. So school in general is there is the, is the pulpit. And they want to teach certain ideologies about socialism, about leftist politics, uh, and that's, that's really the, the reason why the schools are so important. And they start with the student loans because that's the low hanging fruit. Hmm. So how does that incentivize college attendance? Like how does that, so if, if you cancel the debt, that's something that's past tense. They've already gone through school. Sure. What is the long game here um, from the, the, the liberal ideological perspective? What, what are they looking at down the line? Well, yeah, it's just like it's just like any it's just like many things that are often tried uh, with this with respect to public policy. You have to you can't get to it. Just think about what we've got with abortion, for example. When they first started to to try to get abortion legalized or, or to try to make it a mainstay in society, they, they said they wanted it to be what safe, rare, and legal, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. right? Initially, if, you, if, if they would have came out from the beginning and said, we want abortion all de- on demand for any reason at any time, they would have gotten nowhere, mm-hmm. right? So, so, so this incrementalism, right? It's like you start with the student loan, right? And then, then the idea, it opens up the conversation for a more broader principle. Well, well, well if we're forgiving people student loans, then we, we must ask the question. 
why are we denying access to education in the first place, right? And that's the way they'll frame it. We're denying access to education. It's like, oh, no. Okay, yeah, are you denying access to, uh, to, to my food if you don't volunteer to pay for it? It's like, oh, you're going to pay for your own food, right? But that's always, this always the deceitful phrasing, right? So that's the first step. This is, in my view, this is just the first step. If they can get people to, in, in, in large part, buy into the idea that, that school, that the burden to pay for school should be on the public and not on the individual, then that's, this is the easiest way to shoehorn and get, and, and get along that path of that, uh, of that viewpoint. So then what ultimately happens, as you see it, Todd, is that you cancel the debt first. And so then you show that there is a great need to not even have this debt in the first place. Like, why do we have, um, you know, all of these millions of dollars in debt? Like, why, why do we have this going on? So you cancel the debt. Then you get people in the mindset that, yeah, man, it's great to not have this debt. So ultimately what you're saying is college should be free. Right. Exactly. And just to put some and just to put some uh, some meat on that bone, like this is not just like some pie in the sky, like mm-hmm. just like, uh, you know, uh, kind of, uh, uh, you know, speculation. Just think about go back and listen to Bernie Sanders and, and yes. uh, uh, Alexandria kind of Casio Corset. Education is a fundamental human right. You know, I'm trying to think about Bernie Sanders. <laughs> very good. Very good. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty good. Huh? That's <laughs> really good. That's always how they want to. That's always how they phrase it. Like they've been saying, this is not new, right? If it is in fact a human right, then then they can just try to establish a case for why the public should pay for it, right? Mm. And, uh, and 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 it's first of all it's a non sequitur in the first place because even, you know eating is a human right, right? Why should the public? Why should the burden of the public be on to feed everyone, right? It. it, it you know, well, that's, I have the I have the answer for that, Todd. That's that's called nutritional justice. So there you go. <laughs> that's the answer. Right, that's why. Right. It's nutritional uh, justice. That's pretty good. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> How do you that? nutritional justice? You, you're right, welcome. It's you yours. Justice, if you put justice on the end of anything, that justifies. That makes mm. it immediately pure and holy and righteous. Right Man. from the leftist orthodox perspective, that's the, the holy sacrament of that's right. uh, of justice. Right. So. So. Right. So that. So that's what they want to do. So this is. Yeah. I just wanted to establish that point. This, I'm not making that up. They've been saying this for years. You're absolutely right. So this this would fall under the category of being a type of justice, a type of educational justice. But I want to go back to right. the point that you're making, because I think it's a, such an astute observation that the ultimate goal is that as many people as they can force to will be baptized mm. through this school system. Mm. There's you mm. you will right. pass through some form mm. of indoctrination so that you can be useful by their definition, that, useful uh, in society. Let me let me ask this too. Do you think for us the short game, is it about votes at all? That may seem like a small mm. is it about votes because the administration I, is suffering? <laughs> well, you know, I do I do think in and it, it it could be in a sense. Because I mm-hmm. think, you know, the the, the the Biden administration right now is struggling for a win of any kind, right? But I think in a lot of ways this has kind of backfired because this is, they didn't go far enough for the hardcore leftists, right? Because, you know, it's injustice because it's inequity because the black people didn't get as much. So, therefore, you know, this is structural racism. I mean, this is literally what, what people are saying. I mean, literally, that's, uh, I forget that. I'll try to find the clip for you guys later. But anyway, 
so in in the short run, I do think it is a political ploy for votes. But I I think it's I think the Biden administration may be taking one for the team because I think this broader goal is in their targets, right? They mm-hmm. want to convince the public that public school, not not just through a grade school, but through the, the university uh, level. Mm-hmm. And then they want to, I think, and maybe I'm getting ahead of myself here, but then I think they want to be like, well, you, you can't really get any job that's worth anything without a college degree because that's how they incentivize everyone to go to school. Mm-hmm. You, they've been doing this for years. Oh, you got to have a four-year, deg- a four-year degree for what? I can tell you that a four-year degree has helped me from a, from a standpoint in, in some ways because I work in financial services. That's pretty technical and sometimes uh, pretty specific. But mm-hmm. most jobs, I mean, you got a history degree and you go work in an office, you know, filing papers. Like, why do you need a four-year degree right. to do that? Right. I mean, mm-hmm. honestly, right. it's, 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 it's absurd, right? And almost everything that's useful that you will learn for that job, you will learn on the job. Mm-hmm. Man. Mm-hmm. And maybe, and maybe people, and so, maybe people are catching on. Do, do you think people are catching on that? Man, I don't have to. So fewer and fewer so people yeah. are, are, are going to go to college, and and now they're saying we got to do something to keep these people in the pipeline. You know, hmm. because you know I, I recognize the same thing. There are a lot of jobs you can do, and you can learn on the job, and you don't need to waste maybe time through and apprenticeship money. or something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Yeah. I, absolutely. And just and just as a. I just want to just give you my personal experience, too, because even though I can say that my my formal education has been beneficial to me, I don't want to downplay that. Mm-hmm. But the, but what I realized is that when I so I do data science right now for, for, for a financial services firm. Uh, but my first job as a data scientist, I only had a certification. So so there are many alternatives. So basically, you know, you may have heard of uh, MOOCs or massive open online courses. Mm-hmm. And I got a data science certification through a, a, a organization called Coursera. And so basically, I didn't have to go through all of the extra, you know, the, your, your, what do you call it, your electives and all that, all this stuff, <laughs> mm-hmm. Englishes. You didn't have to I do like to the gender those. studies and stuff? No, no gender <laughs> studies, right? I just needed to be able to understand the technicalities of statistics, a little bit of programming, and that got me started. And then when I got my first job, that was kind of where I learned really how to do data science mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in the real world, right? And then yeah. I build on that. And so I actually got my, my, my actual data science or basically a, a role as a data analyst before I finished my graduate degree. Now, I, like I said, I, for me, it was very helpful because there was a 20-year gap between <laughs> me finishing uh, undergrad and going to grad school. And so some of the math and some of the technical stuff was really vital for me. I needed to revisit that. But most people mm-hmm. don't go into fields that technical, and it really isn't necessary. Mm-hmm. So the point that I'm making is there's a, there are a lot of alternatives, even for some of the technical fields, and in particular, if there's not a big gap between when you finished your last year of school and when you're starting that next year of training. If there's a big gap, maybe you need to go back and refresh. But if not, some of these certifications are plenty. You know, I think this should be so comforting for parents and even grandparents who would serve in helping to get kids to the next step in life. I think this should be very comforting because 
for so long, going to college was automatic, like getting your driver's license. It's just sort of like the next thing that you do. But I think increasingly what we see all across this country is that today's universities, I want to say the secular universities, but to be quite frank, you start doing the research, even some of the Christian universities, they become almost sort of like these tie-dye holding tanks where you just get to stay in there long enough to get your colors changed. And as soon as you get your colors changed and they let you out into society and the larger population to do what they want you to do or think better, better said, think how they want you to think. We'll grab the break and we'll be right back. America America God shed his grace on thee We've come too far, we've been through too much, why would we ever leave? I see teaching as a very political act. When we are engaging with our students, whether it's on social justice issues or multicultural issues or culturally relevant teaching, I see that as foundational to all learning. Mm. Teaching um, a political act. <laughs> and again, you could say, well, that's probably limited to that one teacher in that one school um, on the fringe of the country, hmm. except that you see it everywhere, right. all across all of our schools um, and multiple teachers who are not even quiet about it. I mean, right. and they, they, they have to be the most radical of the radical to even be called out, which means that they go viral, maybe libs of TikTok, you know, will pick them up and then and then they get called into the principal's office or something like that. And they've got to be the most extreme to actually lose their jobs. Otherwise, they continue quietly indoctrinating kids all across this country. Um, of course, we already know it's in the highest levels of academia, but it's also in K-12 schools. Right. Our guest today is Sir Todd Shannon. He is the host mm-hmm. of the podcast, Who Cares What Todd Thinks? And he also blogs. Um, his blog is called Todd Thinks, and you can read it um, at toddthinks.substack.com. Do you have anything shorter, Todd? <laughs> yeah. The... yeah if i if i paid for it <laughs> oh well we don't want to do that because we that's what do we <laughs> maybe if you pay for it they'll pay you back i don't know maybe you can get yeah, that yeah, back yeah. i don't know anyway i actually do have a uh, i think i have a I, I think i did buy a url toddthinks.org or dot blog i don't know it's something it's i don't okay, use Todd, it, I yeah. don't 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 hurt yourself todd I mean, you know, just it's, it's just a lot to say. Todd thinks not subtech. I uh, see. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> Substack. It is, it is a lot to say. And by the way, I, I should change it to uh, Sir Todd or something. I, I like that. I feel like I feel Sir like Todd? I'm united by the Queen of England. I, I'm going to tell you. you know, you can call I, I don't want to call it an anointment, but I feel like I can kind of do that for. <laughs> Like help a brother out, (laughs) help a brother out. Um, Hey, no, but we're talking about student loan forgiveness and and this is a current conversation happening in our country. And I think that you have um, certainly an insightful take on this and a a caution that I think all of us should heed, you know, what's the ulterior motive? Where ultimately is this going? One of the things that we were talking about before we went to the break, Todd, is that you already have in our school system and our higher levels of academia, you already have radical indoctrination. Um, 
unpack this for us. Some of the things that you've discovered in your research that you talk about on your podcast, that you talk about when you do post, um, that you're writing about what really is the threat. And I don't mean to be sensational, but I, I, I don't think I'm overstating it to ask it in these terms. What really is the threat to the Republic when our kids are basically indoctrinated from the time that they can eat Cheerios with their own fingers until death? Sure. Yeah. You know, I, I think, uh, you know, there's a number of like uh, media channels that I consume and they like to call the, this overarching theme. They call it the message, right? Mm. The message. And, and the message is uh, diversity, equity and inclusion. That's that's mm-hmm. the that's the overall framework. Right. Mm-hmm. But when you when you go when you dig a level down uh, deeper. They want to they parse that out as racial. That's the that's the lead uh, freight car, right? Racial equity and inclusion, mm-hmm. sexual equity and inclusion, mm-hmm. right? And then, ec- you know, obviously economic and all of the things that go with mm-hmm. that. So they essentially they are actively trying to subvert <laughs> the 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 parental role. Mm-hmm. as the primary teacher of ethics to the children. <laughs> this is the primary threat because this is this is an alternate system of ethics, right? Mm-hmm. And and they they wrap it up in this diversity, equity and inclusion umbrella, but it's a moral system, it's a false moral system, it's a false system of justice that if you are a Christ follower in particular, Mm-hmm. And just in my view, a reasonable person in general, <laughs> you, you will see that these ethics are are fraudulent. They're fraught with all types of self contradiction, mm-hmm. and but but it but it is that primary ethos that they want to impart through the educational system. And if it takes hold, then there is no there's no reasonable expectation that. The traditional uh, ideas that we have held in this country, particularly by those who are Christ followers and of, of that tradition, there's no reason to think that those that those ideas would be the primary um, ethical system that 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 we'll have in this country moving forward. It will mm-hmm. supplant because they are inherently self they are inherently at odds. Yeah, I call um, I call their philosophies, their ideologies. I I actually see a little bit of cannibalism in them that they eat one another. Mm-hmm. They eat, yeah, ultimately, if you exactly. just leave them alone, they take little nips out of each other. And if you watch them, um, they're constantly fighting for who's at the bottom and who is more deserving of the moment right. that they're in, whatever that moment happens to be. But it's something interesting that you're talking about, and and I want to kind of go back to this when we talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion. You know, so often. So, okay, K-12 schools, there are cuts that they routinely make. They say they don't have the funding for this or this is not in the budget. Um, Certainly within academia, you know, maybe they've got to lay off this person here. You've got a lot of teaching assistants who are teaching classes and and all of these things that are kind of not allowing, excuse me, for the degrees to be what they once were. I'm not trying to be offensive. I'm just saying those are the realities. But interestingly enough to me, always in the budget, we can have a DEI officer. And and not 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 one that is being like paid, you know, pence like you've got a DEI officer who could be, you know, fresh out of college or 
fresh off of huge social media following. Mm. Okay. And so people mm. are listening to what this person is saying and making tens of thousands of dollars a year, just kind of going into that position. Help me understand that, Todd. Uh, first, of all, I want to offer a correction to the, the, the DEI officer. It's a, it's a DIE officer. DIE uh, officer. DIE, diversity, inclusion, equity. Because if you put it that way, it's die. Duly noted. Let me rewrite it. If you implement their their principles, that's so good. I sidetracked myself. I totally forgot your question. (laughs) No, I I guess what I'm wondering is what it reveals about where we are. That there are some people whose jobs are not secure, but the DIE officer's job is always secure. Sure. Right. Because there again, I mean, if you think about what the DIE or DEI, whatever how you want to say it, <laughs> if you think about what their role is, they they function and people don't people do not understand this. They're like the priest of the new orthodoxy. Wow. Hmm. They are there to enforce the ethical view and and ideology of this new regime. Mm. They serve no role other than as a moral symbol. What do they do beside that? All they are doing, it's just like, it's just like, you know, uh, in a church, who do you have? You have, you have elders and you have a, we have a, a basically a system of, of, of authority in the church where we have these people who are charged to make sure that people in the church Mm-hmm. are conforming to the ethics of the church, to the commandments of Jesus. And whenever there are people who run afoul of that, the church has a certain way of bringing them, those people back in line and escalating sure. if they don't. Right. Right? This is the, pur- this is the purpose of these people. <laughs> and so it doesn't really matter what the business model or what the business is or what the, or what the uh, institution is, whether it's education, whether it's business. Because the DIE or the DEI officer is a universal role. There'll be one in government, and there'll be one at the, at the corporation, and there'll be one at the school, and there'll be one in every institution. Hmm. And, and know, that's Todd, their only role, is to enforce. You said something in your most recent post <clears throat> that was a little bit chilling, but, <clears throat> excuse me, is not surprising to think about. You foresee that... Um, there will be sort of mandatory college or mandatory secondary education or whatever, or, you know, I I don't know if you would say that a doctorate would be included in that. Um, But certainly um, for your degree, you believe that that will one day be mandatory for employment in this country. If the liberals have their way. I, I do. I do think so. I think if they can get to the place, where first of all they will have have had to have accomplished all of those prerequisites, which is to make uh, secondary education completely free, right? I think that would be the the logical precursor to that. Mm-hmm. But w- once again, how do, how do you how do you ensure that your entire workplace or your your entire cultural culture um, it has been properly uh, catechized, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. They have been they have been properly. Um, it called educated or indoctrinated with the, with that worldview, 
mm-hmm. right? Because you can't have people. You can't have the homeschoolers invading, right? You can't have <laughs> yeah. the people who have, uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. You, you, you certainly, you can't have people with these divergent worldviews mm. infiltrating the, the organization, right? Mm-hmm. And wow. so I think that, in, in, and I think it'll be, listen, it'll be softer. Like, because think about the, the just to, to circle back to probably one of our favorite uh, topics, the COVID vaccine, right? Come on, man. They didn't. They didn't necessarily make it a crime not to get the vaccine. They just made it so that you couldn't really move and function in oh, society man. as much as they could without it. And you, you became so like, yeah, socially you to, you inferior. It, but yeah, right, right. Like you don't have to get it, but you just can't be here if you don't. So mm. that's your choice. <laughs> wow. You know, it's like, uh, oh, okay, uh, yeah. Um, and and that's and and so I, wow, I don't you know I wish I knew what the solution to that was. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know. I, I know that certainly there has to be certainly obviously a subculture or, or a counterculture to that movement. And um, but um, it it is on it is on the table I think as a possibility if we don't recognize it early and work to subvert it. Yeah, wow. I'll tell you, I'll throw out some of my thoughts here and mm. then I'll get you guys' take on it. Because when we start t- getting into the realm of talking about solutions and things like that, I think, and we had a guest on um, about a month or so ago, I think we need to bring back to uh, the fore durable trades. And I think mm-hmm. we need to start teaching our kids mm-hmm. how to always have a job by having a service that you can do that always puts you in demand, like what working hard with your hands. For some reason, mm-hmm. we entered this kind of phase in American history where we, um, I don't know, we thought it was chic to sort of denigrate those who worked with their hands, right? Those who could construct things. And now it turns out you've got contractors who are saying, well, see you in three months when I can get around to it. Or you, you know, so I, I think there's a, there's a certain bring back um, the gift of working with our hands as well. And maybe in some ways we begin to circumvent this potential um funneling that would reach the um the employment level i don't know what do you what do you guys think about that yeah i i gotta tell you that's a very astute observation and i have been subtly and i and i think i I did it more so because i just take a personal interest in these things but you know my wife is doing things like she's you know learning how to you know do a little gardening right Mm -hmm. how to grow some food here and there you know we kind of start small Mm-hmm. I've been solely acquiring tools and learning basic carpentry. Mm. Uh, you know, we, we, we finished our own basement. We repaired our wow. own deck. Uh, I'm, I'm going to learn from a friend how to weld. Mm. I think I find these things uh, uh, to be interesting. I, I'm mm-hmm. intrigued by them. But I also think that on another level, it might be necessary that you just know how to do stuff in case people Man. try to... <laughs> push us out of mainstream society Man. and i on, and i'm Todd. not going to be that guy caught with his pants down i <laughs> know how to do stuff yeah. <laughs> listen that all oh my that's we could great. do it well. <laughs> <laughs> no that's great i mean i you know yeah. I, I totally agree we're with you on that with that and i think um we have to even without like you said make with our children <clears throat> mm-hmm begin to explore those type of things with them because they can if 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 what they want to do calls for them to have a certain uh, specified degree you know that's fine but they can also have tools in their belt to where they can that's always right. be in demand i think that's right you know i think more and more people are seeing that you don't actually have to go 
to these universities and colleges to to make it, you know. But man, I, I would say to give them those those durable trades, you know, would yeah, 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 it would benefit our, our children and us. Yeah, Amen. and I would just and I would just add quick and I would just add quickly to that the hard sciences, engineering, uh, computer science, and this economy; those are invaluable. Mm. There you go. Mm. There you go. Very good. Man, so great awesome. to talk with you, Sir Todd Shannon, host of the podcast, Who Cares What Todd Thinks. Uh, increasingly more and more people will have to uh, because he's making sense. I really do appreciate it. I want to say one last thing as we wrap up the show. It used to be enough to just say that you had a college-educated kid. Like, that was sort of the ultimate success, that your kid is college-educated. But, man, what about a functional adult living and working for the glory of God? What if we Mm. made that um, even a higher aim than just saying, I went to college? We're out of time. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.